You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey everybody, welcome back once again to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. And we returning. Are, we are a quadruped once again. A illustrious quartet. One. Quartet, that's the word. Yeah. yeah. That's what you're here for, to fill in the vocabulary I've blanked on. Welcome back, Michael. I had so much fun last time. I decided to hop on here again just so I could get ridiculed once again. By yeah, I, I want to break in here. Um, my teachers always told me to show them on the doll where I was touched right here in the eyeballs. This is where you hurt me. Now, now you the mailman to, did it. You got to realize Michael has not seen that video. Oh, God. Um, it's been on the, the patrons paid to see it. Oh God! We had a plum smuggler invade our Facebook page. Premium adult content here. Yeah, that was the first, um, the first time I've had to figure out how to censor an image <laughs> yeah. on a video. A lot of firsts. That's our first show me on the doll segment too. So. Yeah, back, baby. Those well, patrons—they got an eyeful. I, I apologize. It was not. Did not mean to do it. It was an accident. <laughs> so we're coming to you through Zoom. Uh, we're recording the audio for all our audio listeners, but patrons get access to the video, and sometimes a little more. Mm -hmm. So one dollar a month gets you access. <laughs> One dollar a month gets you access to the video street feeds of this. Yes. Uh, you get access to the secret Facebook page. You can vote in our polls when we think to do them. Uh, you can interact. You can talk Big Brother with yep. us. You can you can request segments. Mm -hmm. You can just post stuff, and we'll 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 talk to you about it. Yes. Yeah, speaking paying of paying a dollar to see stuff like that, how far away are we from uh, Cam Girls? <laughs> <laughs> Mm, no uh could basically become that but uh um speaking of the request just tonight jesse himself put in some sort of request oh yeah. for a top 10 well top 10 nah, he, he specifically already has march madness <laughs> <laughs> i think he uh he wants he's Missing the days of the TV theme song bracket mm. and wants us to come up with another bracket idea. Okay. Which, so I said, I said I would open it up for discussion. We need to uh, come up with something. So everybody get your uh, ears okay. cooking. Well, we have talked about doing a top 10 now that we have visuals to this. We've talked about doing a top 10 comic book covers of all time. True. I've been kind of compiling a list for when we have time to get to that. So that'll be on the horizon at some point, but that's not quite a bracket. That's not quite as fun as debating and battling out to, to see who yeah. the winner is. I have a, the kernels of an idea. I don't know if I want to spoil it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll bring it up between episodes here. Well, I, uh, I, I immediately, when I, when I read that message uh, right before we came on, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, I wrote down game shows. Game shows. Game shows. One. We can mm. do a bracket on game shows. It would not have to be 130. It was 141. 141. <laughs> 140 the TV yeah. theme songs. Was I'm, I'm pretty sure we could narrow that down quite a bit. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't understand. So I don't think we need the the six hour marathon. We don't want to torture. You gotta give some love to everything. Reminisce. 
Jeez. You know, like when you were sick and you stayed home and the only thing that was on TV during the mornings was game shows. Right. Yeah. So. That's a good one. We're open to suggestions. So if anybody thinks of anything out there, send send it to us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll think it over. We'll we'll mold it. What the hell? He's been distracted. Hey, you're on a show. You're on a show over. The, hey. <laughs> He's just bragging that he bought a movie. He yeah. bought a movie. Legitimately. <clears throat> All right. Hey, guys. It, this whole week I've been celebrating my 15th anniversary in business. How about that? Wow. wow. How old does that make me? 15? Old. 15 Very. years yeah. old. <laughs> Open in no. 2000, September of 2005. It has been 15 years I've, I've run a comic book store in this world. In your That's third location, correct? Third location, so it averages out to five years. Yeah. We're <laughs> start looking. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank now, does you. it make you the oldest running uh, comic book shop in the middle Ohio Valley? Um, as far as what, I don't know if I'm the longest ever, but I'm the longest current. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's good. If you don't count Alonzo's slash fantasy sports cards, they, he's been around forever, but I don't think they really do comics anymore. Right, right. Hmm. Yep, we'll give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> why not? So it's been it's been nice. People have been popping in and you know reminiscing and talking about. Oh, I think I started coming here in and like you know. Having some trips down memory lane this week, so it's it's been enjoyable. Got oh. a big sale, did free comic book summer, gave away a lot of comics, so it's been a pretty good week around the shop. Yeah, nice. that that gosh, man. So my Cooper Once was five. Cooper was five the first time we went in there. Of course, you had the you had the video rentals. Yeah, too, video rentals. That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, I still have one. I need to return. <laughs> Fifteen Man, years late times late fees. You might be a retired Jordan. Yeah. Now it is funny. I, I there there are three babies that were the very the young customers of mine that were like had the youngest babies when I first opened, mm-hmm. including my nephew who was in his, in a like we have pictures of him in his little car seat sitting amidst the paint and the hammers and nails and like. As we were, you know, so building the store. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he's he's 15 now, and the other one is one of my good friend's daughters. They just put, put a picture of her up, uh, got her, uh, what do you call it, driver's license uh, permit. Yeah. She got a she got a driver's permit. It's like, yep, she's 15 and a half. Like I've watched these, and then another's a, a a customer that was there from day one. Had another one's right at around fifteen. So it, I, I watch these kids grow up, and I can kind of visualize that. Oh, yep, that's how old this story. This this inanimate object would be getting its driver's license right away. <laughs> how did you think after uh, all these years you would still be using the same Asylum Comics letters in the windows? Well, that's not the original plan. <laughs> Problems with signs and sign creators and sign installers have led to that. So, yeah. Best well, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, maybe, maybe by the 20th. Maybe by the 20th. Well, I was just, what made me think of it, because I remember before you opened and it was like saying, coming soon, Asylum Comics. I was like, yes. They, a legitimate comic book store coming to Marietta because you can kind of hear like, a murmur like the all the nerds in the middle of Valley were like what yeah because I mean Alonzo's wasn't a true comic book store no was, I was always driving yeah. to Parkersburg going to whatever those were down there Gateway yeah. or something hmm. so yeah I was certainly glad to get a comic book store in Marietta that I could go in and awkwardly not talk to the guy at the counter because we were both too yeah. awkward to just okay, well, let's just I'll buy this and leave. Okay. Yeah, now, I remember. I remember when we first went in there, and my wife was like, "Hey, I went to school with that guy," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, we we eventually evolved into making fun of Michael. 
that was that was, that was just like that was our tied thing was that I knew that's how I like bonded. Most people I know is bonding over shared insults. <laughs> <laughs> you mean through the love of the Michael, right? Right. Oh well. Hey, will we do anything? Hey, I have a question about Asylum Comics. Um, at 212 Third Street? Yeah. It's um, at 212 Third Street. That's the address. Is that sweet A or B? That's sweet A, baby. <laughs> now, when you first sweet opened, a. was The Walking Dead out yet? Yes. It was at like 20 something, 23, wow. maybe. Because I can remember, like, buying the first couple of trades down there. Yeah, and you let me borrow it, and that was, and that was, uh, I started reading it. it was yeah, because I think I read one, and then came back the next day and got the next one. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely like reading back issues and things. I, I can, I know exactly like what was pre two thousand five, what was post two thousand five. I anything that I, was in my store, I'm like, yep, that's that's from this era. Right. I have a very good mm-hmm. eye for. Uh, Hmm. That's cool. Speaking right. of time, we're spanning how it passes. Time. We're spanning time. We're spanning time. Act like you like me. All right, we're doing some some another time warp. It's just a jump to the left. about another book I've read in this series uh, I'm doing until I just run out of time travel books that I've read. This series will end, but for this episode, we're going to talk about the first time travel book I ever read. Yeah. Can't guess this, Jordan? Back to the Future, the novelization. No. That's what I was going to say. That was the second time travel book I ever read. Very good. The first one was... Mark Twain's Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. That looks like a first edition. No, I highly doubt it. It's old, but they're all old. All editions of this are old. Um, this is like from the 19th century. So not the book, but the original story is. And have you, has anybody ever read it? No, it's... Uh, you know, you get, heard what it's about there's been movies yeah i i I have vague memories of a black and white movie oh i i haven't seen it i was but i i originally read it when i was a kid you know probably 11 or 12 and i remember really liking it because i never read a time travel book before and that's where a guy like you know gets knocked out or whatever wakes up and the time of King Arthur's court. And I think it's like, I don't remember what years it's supposed to be circa somewhere 500, 700 BC, somewhere in there. And he give or take 200 years. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember. It's been, it's been a while now since I read it recently, but the it's, it's good. It's definitely a classic, very famous book. Um, no, it's not. I've been reading so many of them lately. It's definitely not one that is up at the top of my list right now in comparison. But I did enjoy kind of revisiting it. Um, but like he has to um, figure out how he's going to survive in this time and prove, you know, uh, use what he knows to uh, gain some power in this time. You know, because mm-hmm. he knows things other people don't. But even when it was written, though, you have to think when it was written, it was the late 1800s. So there was only so much technology at the time anyway <laughs> for him to know, but it very early on, it uh, kind of the first thing is he predicts an eclipse. He, he will use his great magic to darken the sky if they don't let him go or whatever. And, 
And so that's how he gets his foot in the door, mm-hmm. getting some power in that time. And it goes on from there, but it's a, it's a classic. So. I've always thought about that idea, and I don't know if any, it might, somebody may have done it already, but I've always thought about that as a time travel story of like, if I did go back in time, I would have all this knowledge, but what? I wouldn't know how to do anything. I couldn't build phones. a cell phone or like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I know what the internet is. Well, I can't, I don't know how to put it together. <laughs> like, you might, you would have all this knowledge, but what could you really do with like, you know, steam power? Yeah. 3PO, tell them to release us. Where you'll yeah. use your magic. <laughs> I've, read a couple, I've read a couple okay. books that kind of address that, and we'll get to some of those ideas in the future here. Well, I just think if you would go back to those times of how bad it would smell, because people <laughs> didn't shower as often, you know, they weren't as clean. clean. Every, um, like, Western or movie like that I watch, you know, they're wearing a shirt, an undershirt, a shirt, a vest, a coat, you know, in the Arizona like, desert, I'm like, oh gosh, what does that smell how like? Bad? Yeah, because I mean, they <laughs> they're all, trying to cover all, it up with layers. <laughs> and they all dress proper. Everybody's got the women's have the petticoats and the seven layers of skirts on. It's like, yeah, jeez. That's why they wore hats. They all had that greasy hair going on. <laughs> Didn't anybody see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We freaking... we idealize the past quite a lot. Yeah, to rob a back. Probably it's. Uh, you had to rob a bank to be able to go afford a bath at the saloon. <laughs> That's the lesson I learned from what Westerns. <laughs> Have a proper lady uh, bathe you. Yeah, you want scrubbed? What, do you rob a bank? As a matter of fact, I did. I want one of those Westworld milk baths. All right. Okay. All right, so movies. now, let, yeah, let's do some movies. Let's do some movies. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun! Under roof! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. are opening back up so i've got a little bit of what's been going on here lately the breaking news today as we record this one room in 1984 just got delayed until christmas day so it was according to dc fandom and i just the comics i just looked at this week all had full page ads saying october 2nd or whatever the original one was so they've already put money into advertising this movie like multiple dates and they just mm. decided again to delay it. Um, Wonder Woman 84 going to be Wonder Woman 85. Yeah. So the one theory I saw was perhaps this was a move to give Tenant more time to make back its money. Mm. Yeah. Uh, released through the same companies. There's, there isn't very much competition from now to November. So why put two big movies out at the same time? That would kind of cannibalize each other. But I think I, I read something about Tenet the other day saying that they were going to leave it in theaters until it made money. Nothing yeah, else to put out there. That's that's. If it's in there long enough, I'm going to go see it. <laughs> well, that's the uh, that's the idea. the The movies right now are getting more "quote unquote" real estate than they ever have before. There's way fewer movies, and they're playing on way more screens. And they're going to be in theaters much longer. So people are like, well, is this going to mean less worrying about opening weekend grosses? Because it used to be a movie comes out, if the opening weekend's buffo, then it's a hit. If it's tanks, then it's gone within a week. But, like, things are different now. So there's, you know, are they going to give people more time and more chances to see this stuff? So Tenant, speaking of... Uh, it opened with a surprisingly strong, quote-unquote, $53 million overseas, where things are a little more back to normal, and had a $20 million opening in the U.S. So that, you know, in a $200 million Christopher Norlin, you know, blockbuster is a terrible opening weekend. But yeah. people are like, man, I guess that's okay, because this movie, a lot is hinging on this movie. This is the first kind of big movie to reopen, and everyone's looking at it, What's it going to do? You know, this is going to 
forecast, you know, the next several months of movies. So again, we're recording on a Friday. We just have the estimates for the second weekend, but it's estimated to bring in a little less than 10 million. So it's mm. going to it's going to still have a big drop from first to second weekend, like movies usually do. But that doesn't really answer any questions of like, did it work or not work? It's just kind of well, twenty million is pretty good. It's not great. It's not terrible. So everyone was waiting on this big movie to come out, and it it didn't really answer any questions. I I, I you were going to say something about Mulan, right? Like I, I do you have numbers on that? Because I bet uh, we can answer some questions. <laughs> I don't know that Disney's released like download think, numbers, but I, it's opening in China today. I thought I heard that it, they did, I thought I heard some numbers a couple days ago uh, that was something like, I want to say it equaled out to a little over 50 million they had made from people buying it you know, on there. I could be wrong. I feel like I heard that. And I and I thought that what does that say? Tenant made twenty million. What's on the Disney boards? What are they talking about? Mulan drove Disney Plus app downloads up sixty-eight percent week over must be last year. Um no, it wouldn't be last year, wouldn't uh sixty-eight percent over week, but didn't beat Hamilton. Because Hamilton was somewhere well, that was a seventy anomaly, some percent. So, uh, well, the Hamilton one, you weren't paying thirty dollars, also, right? But um, I don't see any, an actual number. Uh, I, I doubt. Maybe I, doubt I dreamt it. it. Maybe I dreamt it. But I, I, I thought that the no, somebody had worked out the numbers that it was they had made like fifty or sixty million in that thirty dollar price tag, mm-hmm. and you know I'm. I don't feel like I'm making it up, so I don't feel bad well, saying it. Well, it does but. say Mulan made, one headline says Mulan made $33.5 million in first weekend on Disney+. Plus. Huh. Uh-huh. Uh, somewhere in there. But that's more than Tenet. Yes. And, I, and if, all, if all these movies are getting moved back and you got, like, the news just keeps saying, really, we're looking at 2021 is going to be a mess also, that we're not, you're not just going to be, you're not going to be back to regular. I guess what I'm saying. Right. So, so at what point do you quit just holding on to these movies and decide, let's make some money. Let's put it out on VOD. That is what Bill and Ted three, Bill and Ted face the music did. Um, it, it, it opened in limited screens. I don't think it opened. I'm not sure. I don't think it's playing in Marietta. I don't believe. I don't think the Marietta theater is currently open. I just looked today. They, they are. Have, they're, they're are they? Yeah, they, they have, have Tenet. Tenet and uh, that weird. There's a there's uh, a new movie. Like a period piece. I don't I don't know anything about. And there's some romance I'd never heard of. So they've got a couple movies, but it's not too much. But Bill and Ted, it made 1.1 million at the box office its first weekend, finishing in third place. Second <laughs> weekend, only 765 thousand. But it debuted on first place on all the video on demand charts and remained in either first or second place on every platform for the last couple of weeks. So it's a huge success streaming, but yeah. it, you know, quote unquote tanked at the box office. So again, I don't know what the right, the, you know, we're still figuring out what the right thing to do with these movies are. I feel like charging 20 bucks for a new movie is where it's at. Just do that. And, and I'm and I'm in. I, I think you're you're gonna. People are gonna do it. People are getting used to it. Every Bill and Ted really kind of broke the gates open. I think if people if they start doing it now, people are like, okay, I, that worked out. You have to do, just tell yourself, I'm not at home watching a regular movie and get off your phone and actually enjoy. That's the problem. Mm. Is like some of these. It's like you just are so used to playing on your phone while you're watching something. What if I pay $20? I'm going to freaking pay attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I was not on my phone when we watched it. But I also heard it was good enough that you didn't care. You know, you weren't like wanting yeah. to get on your phone. You know, so. I, I didn't hear anyone complain about it. Like, I haven't seen anything on yeah, I social media good. going, 
how stupid it was. I have very high hopes for it, so I'm glad to hear you. You you seem to back up that it's it was worth a 30 year wait. Is that correct? Yeah, it um, definitely was. Hmm. Any other spoiler free uh, <laughs> reviews that you can give? Um, no, don't tell me any cameos or anything. It's. Is it the basic concept from the previous movies? Do they go in the phone booth and go back in time? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... I don't want to give anything away because it's so new and I don't want to spoil anything, but... Uh, I I mean, it's... It it exactly is a continuization of the franchise. It's like nothing has ever... Nothing has ever, like... See? Like, this is what I hate. This is why I sharpening, left. We sharpen each other, Michael. Yeah. We're like two swords. Just like, like last the last time I was on here, I was trying to choose my words because there were certain words I knew I was going to screw up. You're not, not just out delivering words. mail. This is the big time. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's okay. We know you have a little rust. We're not going to judge you too harshly if you have if you're a little rusty at this whole thing. Oh, yes, you are. But anyway, um, we, we I, are, we are, he might. Yeah. I loved it. I was actually super pumped and excited. And like it, what it, I loved every minute of it. Like at the end of the movie, like it actually was better than I expected it to be. I was pleasantly surprised. It, is it better than the second one? Actually, I like the second one better than I do the first one. Hmm. That's like Karate Kid take all over again. We can't yeah, get into exactly. this controversy. <laughs> exactly. They better not come out with a whole show about Bill and Ted because I don't want to get into this. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the reviews I, I'm hearing are they call you know it's feel good. It's it's just life affirming. Like that's the kind of movie I would like to watch right now. Something that's fun yeah. and and positive. Yeah, it does kind of give me that vibe. That more reviews I've heard about it and stuff makes me think. It's what we need right now. So yeah, kind of, but I still I'm still not gonna pay twenty dollars. I'll either wait till Michael moves his camera over to his monitor. Yeah, that's or I'll wait, well, waiting around for five movie bucks night. later. The only <laughs> thing I really want to know, honestly, station or no station? There's reference. I'm okay with that. You can reference it. That's fine. But I'm glad they left that out. I, I would say what's awesome about it is they knew exactly what they were. They didn't try to change the formula. I mean, it's a continuization. The only thing that I would say that my wife pointed out is that Keanu should never shave his beard. He looked like a 40 year old woman oh. is what she said or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he didn't look very good with the mm. shaved. Hmm. Okay. But it was, it was awesome. The other big opening we've had was finally New Mutants to the big screen. Oh, I forgot it came out. But yeah, it's 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 first weekend made seven million, and then the second weekend it added three hundred and forty new theaters, and still dropped fifty nine percent, and only made two point nine million. So oh. worldwide, it's made about twenty million back when it's it's budgeted with sixty seven million. So it's it's not a success. We, it's you know, the last several X Men movies have not been huge hits, and no one expected this one to be. But I don't know. Circumstances are certainly were no help to this. So they should have. Maybe it should have done out. the streaming thing. Yeah, they should have put it out two years ago. Is what they should yeah. have done. They couldn't even get the name of one of the creators right. Right. Yeah, we saw that controversy. The artist of the original New Mutants, Bob McCloud. Posted, who I uh, talked to last year, Seth's great buddy of mine. Friend. Great buddy of mine. <laughs> was the artist was kind of from the beginning didn't think they did anything that he, the way he drew it, basically quote erased everything I contributed to the way the characters look, which oh, it's a movie things are going to change. But then at the end they slapped him in the face. They spelled his name wrong. <laughs> so he said, "I think I'm done with this movie." <laughs> <laughs> And America yeah. agreed. We are. 
But I saw AV Club didn't even review it. They had a long thing they posted. They they weren't sent screeners. And a lot of movies that probably aren't going to be very good, mm-hmm. don't you know, they'll do that. And they said, we're not going to send our writers out to theaters and endanger them. If the, if the, if studios can't send us, you know, digital files or a screener disc, we're not going to review it. We're not going to put people in harm's way to review a movie. So that was kind of a, even the reviewers are trying to figure out how to do their jobs at this point. Hmm. <laughs> so the other big, well, we mentioned it before, but uh, Mulan, hit Disney Plus, uh, but just today in opens in China. So this was kind of the hopes. Cliff, correct me if I'm wrong, but the cartoon, sorry, animated film from 1998 did not do very well in China. Right. From what I have heard. That's what that was always my mis uh, my understanding. Pro. This guy's a pro. Got the Sparko seat. <laughs> Monitor looks like it's off the Spaceship Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> this is like this is like literally happened last time we recorded. We're like, don't get up and leave your volume she on. Can help, she can help him Professional. Look at that guy. I can hear every word you guys said. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, that's fine, but we shouldn't hear every word you're saying in the other room. I didn't say anything. I was quiet. Hit the mute. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't get enough drinks for But, yeah. Yeah. I, I if, I if I remember correctly, I'm Mulan, like, it's – I've never been a huge fan of the movie. And, and maybe it was just bad timing um, of yeah, when it came out, the age was, I was. Yeah, very different world – Especially, you know, China, their box, you know, their their film industry was not where it is now. Um, but it's what I read was it was too a little too westernized. It's based on a famous Chinese story, right? So I'm sure they thought, oh, we'll do something. They'll, they'll love it. Yeah, I think Eddie we, Eddie Murphy is a dragon. They'll yeah, love they that. Kinda, yeah, they they didn't do they didn't uh, the, the the source material was not respected well enough. So <laughs> I think their thinking was we're going to do it right this time, and we're really gonna nail that Chinese box office. And that hasn't, again, it opens today. We don't know for sure, but the the forecasts are not good. So China right now is the only major film market that's pretty well back to normal, which is scary because this is China's where all this started and they've kind of solved it and and are back to normal. Take from that what you will. Um, But the, they cast... Uh, you know, Chinese performers, uh, and the star is an uh, uh, American Chinese, uh, Liu Yifei. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it is currently the subject of a media blackout in mainland China. All right. So Disney, Disney's, uh, you know, Christine McCarthy? No. Well, she's Disney's chief financial officer. I figured you would have her on mm. your chart somewhere. From Chapek to McCarthy. and Yeah, I think we talked about her when everything, when they had a big mix-up in personnel. All right, so she she kind of addressed what's going on. That quote, Mulan was primarily shot in almost the entirety in New Zealand. And in an effort to accurately depict some of the unique landscape and geography of the country of China for this historical period piece drama, we filmed scenery in 20 different locations in China. She said it was common knowledge that filming in China requires the permission of the Chinese government and noted it is standard practice to acknowledge that in the film's credits, the national and local governments that allowed you to film there. And she ended her little statement saying, but that's generated a lot of issues for us. So that's what's happened. The, the film was mostly shot in New Zealand, but they shot a few places actually in China. One of those places was the Xinjiang region in Western China, where the government currently has incarcerated over a million Uyghur Muslims. Mm-hmm. And if this uh, was a John Oliver episode all about this not too long ago. The, these people have been moved into 
what they call assimilation programs as like vocational training and uh, helping these folks out. But other people are calling it basically a prison camp, concentration camp, something to as uh, that has kind of displaced a huge Muslim uh, uh, community in that part of China. So people aren't happy with that and they don't think that's a good thing. So there's this, this huge uh, storm on social media, which is always where it starts. And a U.S. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri wrote, a, wrote to Disney's chief Bob Chapek about ignoring these human rights abuses and, quote, these did not stop Disney from going to Xinjiang to film Mulan, nor did it stop Disney from collaborating with the Chinese officials directly responsible for these atrocities. So... Yeah, even if only a very tiny percent was filmed here, it has kind of caused some problems. So the Chinese government has just said, we don't want to talk about it. You're not allowed to advertise. Let's just not talk about this movie. So this is the biggest release in the world. And it's, you know, going home to show the Chinese folks their hero, Mulan. And the government's like, yeah, we're not going to talk about this. So now they're thinking it may very well tank in China as well. So. Hmm. Wasn't there something else about it? one of the actresses like calling out like uh, what they had done in, like Hong Kong? Like she yeah, said that like the government some, was right. Yeah, there's been some backlash to the act- actors as well. So I don't know, not not smooth sailing for Mulan at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, which is so. Quick, Cliff, defend Disney uh, for supporting human rights abuses. Go. Yeah, no, <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> Don't you have a release or something you're supposed to read? <laughs> <laughs> Official statement from Bob yeah. Jaybeck. No, um, you know, uh, the, the the Disney company has major ties now in China. They just built Shanghai Disney, what, um, three, three or four years ago. Um, in fact, in the in the opening of Mulan, you know that Disney castle shot that always comes up. They used the castle from Shanghai oh, yeah. Disney. I saw that. And um, yeah, and I'm sure they're like, we don't want you know, we don't want to mess with our money. Um, we've invested billions over there and uh, into these theme parks, and uh, and we don't want to get kicked out because the theme parks over there are partially owned by by. Um, the Chinese government or a co- it's another company, you know, that's not Disney owned um, land. Uh, it's very similar, I believe, to the way it is in, uh, um, in like Tokyo Disney. So, you know, over there they have the Oriental land company and all that. So that they have to work with. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a touchy situation and a bit icky. But that has uh, has become more and more prevalent in the last few years, especially especially said so the the Chinese box office is getting bigger. It's more important. You know, it used to be if a movie's big in America, then it's made it, and there's a worldwide box office might make some extra. But now the Chinese box office is almost what America is, and if you can have a hit there, the way Avatar did, and right. can be the huge global blockbuster or Avengers, or these movies that make billions of dollars. That That's what you have to do. But you have to also pass through the Chinese censors. Mm-hmm. So there's been this kind of political debate of, like, should we be doing that? Should we be making art that, you know, is that should be you know, rubber-stamped by Chinese government officials right? just so we can have a big blockbuster? Or, or is it, you know... Do, yeah, I don't know how to how to make the argument, but yeah, to the or, studios, kowtow to to an oppressive regime, to to in order to appease them. Yeah, corporate politics. Yeah, there's actually there's I know you, none of you guys watch South Park anymore, but there was a very good episode of South Park recently, uh, whatever the last season was. Um, the whole the whole season was uh, Randy had left town and opened up a weed farm and he was trying to expand his business. And he goes, you know what? There's a whole country that doesn't have any 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 access to, to great quality marijuana. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to China. He's like, no one's ever had this idea. I'm gonna exploit Chinese the, the Chinese economy. And he gets on the plane 
and there's Mickey Mouse and Winnie the Pooh and all the <laughs> Avengers and like every all the Disney the whole ca- the whole Disney cast is on the plane. He's like, "What are you guys doing?" It's like, "Oh, we're going to China. We're going to exploit you know, the, the fertile <laughs> ground in China." So it was a whole episode basically saying, "Yeah, we're all just gonna you know we're, we're going to." Uh, uh, change the way we tell stories in order to make money elsewhere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. well, I, I know you guys know I've been doing quite a bit of reading lately. Well, this, I have a, a book I read that fits into the movie category. I, there was a movie that was supposed to come out this Christmas that has been pushed to next October, um, called The Last Duel, The Last Duel, but it's a nonfiction book by Eric Yeager, true story of crime, scandal, and trial by combat in medieval France. It's going to be directed by Ridley Scott, and the the screenplay is written by uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Oh, Hmm. interesting. So... It's it's a. Do they all talk in Boston accents? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's how it works. It'll be French accents, except for Hat Damon. <laughs> he will just put on a helmet, and that's all he needs, <laughs> guaranteed. But uh, the book is great. It's very like, I I can't believe it's never been made a movie before. Honestly, I mean it's about the historically. I mean, there's been duels since then even medieval duels but this is like famously one of the one of the last ones in france and um around the late 1300s and it was just a a knight and a squire that uh, were friends and then there's some accusations about uh the squire sleeping with the knight's wife and there's and there's a duel, you know, and that you know, a lot of other stuff happens that I won't spoil. But obviously, from the you know, there's going to be a duel. It's called the last duel, but that it, it goes through all the gory details of the you know, just like every little thing, like who, who it's very Game of Thrones, first off, mm-hmm. and crazy. I, I just really loved it, and knowing that it. You know, the guy, there had been a lot of research done. There's a lot, so much, so many documents they were able to get access to, to decipher what happened and everything. And then um, going through, like, setting up how the duel will happen, you know, what weapons they each have, what resources they have, how it will go down, all the rituals involved that happened, you know, oh, and, man. Then, and, and then the details of the fight. And I was just like, I, I hope I hope Ben Ben Affleck sings the Ten Dual Commandments. <laughs> no, it's a, he's not actually one of them. He's supposed to be in the movie. But I'm not sure who he's playing, but the 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 Knight and the Squire are Hat Damon and um, shoot, I'm blank. Adam Driver. That was what kind of excited me. For oh, I, I really Driver. like him. Like that's uh, my first thought was like Adam Driver is going to act the hell out of this. Do this cool French accent. Talk about. I mean, just from reading the book, I always I was like so cool. Just think of him like talking about how he he's swearing, kissing the crucifix. He doesn't have any magic charms on his person or horse. And Hat Damon will just be like, "Yeah, buddy, you got <laughs> how you like them apples." <laughs> But I'm psyched to see it. I, I think it should be pretty good. The book was great, so I definitely recommend it. Mm. But, um, a rare nonfiction thing. I don't I usually don't read a lot of nonfiction, but that was really cool. We watched a uh, a fun little family movie the other day, uh, the other afternoon. Um, that came out on Disney Plus, but uh, but the movie was called. It's it's based on a book. Uh, by the same name, the one and only Ivan. Welcome to your new home. We are rolling. What are you looking at, huh? Your papa. Let's give him a great show, okay? The one and only Ivan! Wow. 
Why do they want an angry gorilla anyway? You're a silverback. He terrifies humans. Oh. <laughs> You're not terrifying. Who's that? My sister. Where's your sister now? I don't remember. Memories never leave us. They just get out of reach. Whoa. Did you draw all these? A gorilla. Who draws? What is it? Don't tell me, don't tell me. It's a lonely haystack on a late summer day. It's a beetle. Can you tell me a story? Once there was a baby elephant who was smart and brave, and she needed Which is, uh, uh, what's that? Is that a gorilla or something? Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a gorilla. Um, it's based on a base. Can sing karaoke? No. Yeah. Can There's he sing, no... Does he make you cry? Would it make um, you watch it? It was a sweet little movie. It, like I said, it's a family. It's a very Disney family movie. This is um, next level. I can watch Bill and Ted on the reflection of Michael's glasses. <laughs> 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 get a get the proper angle there, Michael. Yeah. Um, but it had uh, it starred Brian Cranston, um, and it had Sam Rockwell. He played he was the voice of Ivan, and it had Philippa Sue from Hamilton. We were just you know I just mentioned um, she did a voice. Uh, Shaka Khan did a voice, and um, it's got Ron Funches. It's got Danny DeVito. Um, is the voice of the little dog he's friends with, but yeah, it's a, it's about a gorilla that um, uh, just wants to stars. He stars in a in a little show in a local mall for a very long time. Does he sing? Yeah. Who did the he, voice? He doesn't of that? sing. Who did the voice of that gorilla, Michael? I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, he, it's a little show, and and for a really long time, and he he has a there's an elephant in the show, and then there's a, a new baby elephant elephant Ruby who becomes the new star of the show, and um, a sweet little girl actor, and uh, it's got Helen Mirren in it. Um, it's it's just a great cast. It was it was good so was enough. It animated or live action? Um, well, both. Both. Yeah, of course, yeah. the, the animals are animated, um, CGI, and then, you know, the actors are themselves, so. Okay. I got a hot, a hot idea. Mm-hmm. How about, just hear me out, instead of taking movies that were animated and making them live action, why don't we take some live action movies and make mm-hmm. them animated? Ooh. Necklace. I don't have any suggestions, but got that people can't get together and film movies anyway. Just set them in rooms and draw some <laughs> some cartoons. Uh, my suggestion would be to animate Alien. Alien. Ooh, that would be that could be really cool. Yeah. Michael had a good idea. I like it. <laughs> I've been listening to some Aeon Fluxy. To- yeah. <laughs> You've been listening um, to what? I just, I don't have time, very much time to read anything. Oh, so I have to listen to um, audio books. And I was listening to uh, Alien, um, the Covenant. Covenant. Covenant, or, yeah. Covenant. Yeah. And then they had one that was like the prequel to that, which unfortunately wasn't that good at all. All it was was about sabotaging the ship that was going into space. And there was like a cult that was trying to blow it up because out there be demons. Um, it was a strange type of prequel that I just, I don't even know why they made, they, they did this book. Like it was, but uh, I've been listening to a few of them. I guess there's a whole series of them, but um and I was like looking at the alien timeline of all the movies and how they added up. And I even started watching the original alien the other night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, in that movie, the, the actual alien is only on screen for like just a few minutes in the original one. 
It was very much like Jaws. It was the anticipation of it. So. so movies I've been watching some documentaries. I'm, I'm watching a lot of political documentaries. I, I'm not entirely sure why, because we don't get enough politics. I was going to say, you're not getting enough of that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched the Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 11-9, which is the 2018 follow-up to Fahrenheit 9-11 about the Bush presidency. So this was his movie about the Trump presidency. Um, if you don't like him, you'd never watch it anyway. But it's it's not just about Trump. It's a lot of it has to do with Flint, his hometown, and kind mm-hmm. of the thing like things that were happening in Flint as a as a microcosm of America and what kind of led to people thinking, you know, Trump was a good idea and what and what happened to even like Bernie Sanders who, you know, he won every county in West Virginia. But through, you know, super delegates, West Virginia cast their votes for Hillary. So, like, it was like saying what it was. It was it's not just Trump bashing. It was bashing at everything went wrong <laughs> in 2016 uh, in the political arena. So it was that it was an interesting look at some recent, very recent history. But it's we're, we're already able to kind of look back and see what developed. Um, then I watched the brainwashing of my dad. Yeah, I watched that too. In the 1960s, Jen Senko's dad never had a bad word to say about any race or people or person. Then in the 80s, after my dad discovered talk radio during a long commute to work, he suddenly didn't like black people, poor people, gay people, feminists, Hispanics, and especially Democrats. After he discovered Fox News, they became the enemy. What happened to dad? The great story here for anybody willing to find it and write about it and explain it is this vast right-wing conspiracy, but it has not yet been fully revealed to the American public. By the 70s and the 80s, the media had been taken over by the extreme right. Homosexual marriage is is such a threat to, to civilization itself. Fox News came along. Mass murders committed by immigrants. God controls the climate. Come on. In asking the question, what happened to her dad? It was really like asking what happened to our media. And in asking what happened to our media, it was really like asking what happened to our country. This is director Jen Cinco. And I remember it was a like a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe campaign that hit really big. So it gave her a a lot of extra funds to go and kind of make this full length movie. So it's based again, it's, it's very partisan. It there's, there's a bias to it going in, but it it's, it's talking about, you know, the success of right wing media from talk radio to Fox news. Beginning with Nixon. From Nixon on to today, how successful they've been influencing public perception and the public conversation that we have. And I just like, you might argue that like, Oh no, you know, they just report the news, but there is no left wing equivalent to talk radio or Fox news or else all of our grandpas would be running around quoting Bernie Sanders. They're not Mm -hmm. the, the older generation and the, the conservatives are so well, structured in their arguments their policy their discussion like and it's all kind of funneled through this this the media and what what get what stories get talked about how they're presented who they're presented to and you know you might think that's right or wrong but like it's just basically saying how and showing how good they are at it Mm -hmm. and yeah the left is not the left is all over the place so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know it's it's again it's not i don't think it's going to change anybody's mind if you go into this movie with either perception. It's probably not going to change your mind. But I thought it was interesting. Was there anything? Yeah, yeah. Like I, there, Cliff? no, I I thought it was good. Also, um, it was an interesting look, especially with um, the the director's the creator's own father, and just how he started out very you know when he was younger, 
he was considered a, you know, a moderate Democrat at the time, which was not uncommon, you know. And um, at, at some point, Rush Limbaugh comes around in the 90s and he becomes, he starts listening to that on his commute to work and is quickly just sucked into it and uh, it changes his entire political beliefs un- unknowingly to him almost and then uh he he just became obsessed with it and uh and you know he's he's signing up for all these uh newsletters through his email account and all this stuff well this goes on for a very very long time until um he he starts getting older and his wife had went in and had started at some point to unsubscribe him to those, some of those newsletters and then uh, started sending him new, uh, a new view on through email to some other pages, some other networks. And as he got older, he gradually came out of it. Because he really he he didn't realize that he was reading anything differently, and um, and he kind of he you know he went from being very angry a very angry older gentleman that uh, uh, all he wanted to talk about were these you know uh, alt right talking points, and then uh, gradually coming back to the person he was many many you know that they remembered. Uh, as as children and young adults, he became that person again, and he was just kind of like, "Yeah, I used to think that way." And he's like, "I don't know what I, I don't know what I was doing." <laughs> so it it had a happy ending to it, and in between that, we're getting you're getting um, first account of other people that are that have been other families and people that have went through the same thing with parents or relatives or whatever. So I thought it was good. I mean, for, for a free documentary, I, I, it, yeah, it was worth the watch. Yeah. It's from 2015. It's streaming out there on a lot of, a lot of platforms at the moment. Um, the last one, the one I wanted to talk most about was, did you know there was a sequel to supersize me? The Morgan Spurlock documentary. I want to say yes. I did not. I there was a show. Yeah, he did a show for CNN. It was re- I I really like Morgan Spurlock. I like the things he makes and like yeah, the CNN show like he went and lived different lifestyles. Like uh, it was like thirty days, I think it was called, where he would yeah, go he would do different things for thirty do, days. do something different for for thirty days at a time. Uh, but supersize me two colon holy chicken. Has fast food gotten healthier? Absolutely. Has fast food truly turned a corner? To find out, I could go back on an all-fast food diet, but something tells me this calls for a different approach. I want to start my own fast food restaurant. You're crazy. Tell me what kind of food. The most eaten animal on the planet. Chicken. If I can have the farm that brings the chickens to the restaurant, that's a good story. Go forth and find your chickens. I am your chicken father. That is a lot of chickens. <laughs> My free-range, cage-free, no hormones added, humanely raised, natural chickens can get the USDA's seal of approval. Sounds amazing. Until you start to realize how much of that is labeling. What's the smallest space we could give them that would still be quantified as free-range? Free-range. Welcome to your fluorescent lit restaurant. Everywhere you touch is just greasy and sticky. It's like somebody cleaning the grill with like cleaning solvent. Ugh, research is what this is. Welcome to Chicken Corporate Training. Woo! They've been health washing the dirty, unhealthy truth. Fresh green herbs give a health halo. The term fried has evolved to crispy. Artificial grill marks. You can paint them on with dark food coloring. How healthy are our sandwiches? (laughs) I think I think that answers my question. What if there was a company? Uh, so this, it was made in 2017, and YouTube Red bought the rights for 3.5 million. So it debuted at a couple of uh, film festivals, and it was going to be a big splash on YouTube. And then Spurlock admitted to some bad behavior, and he got me too'd and canceled and had to go away. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, I don't remember. He must have been among the several of those dominoes that fell back then. 
So this didn't come out till very recently. Uh, it's on Prime at the moment. Um, it's basically, I thought it was going to be one of those like, look at the factory farms. Like we snuck, we smuggle yeah. cameras in to show you how bad this. And it's not that because I don't, I don't know that I would have even kept watching if that's what it was. But it's basically he, he's going to people saying, hey, I want to open a fast food restaurant. And everyone's like, wait, what? You're the guy. You ate the McDonald's. What's who? And he's like, yeah, but I think fast food places are trying to get healthy now. They're having salads. They're having different options. And I think I could be at the forefront of that and like help help show the healthier side of fast food. And like, oh, okay. So he basically goes from step one clear through an opening, and um, he rents a restaurant, and they, they just call it Columbus. But uh, when they showed a news clip, it was Westerville, Ohio, which is where I went to college. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think it was an old Wendy's. I'm like, I swear I know that restaurant. I think I ate at that Wendy's before. And I was like, I was trying to see where it was. And I think it was the one right down the street from where I went to college. So he he, he guts uh, an old Wendy's and basically builds his own restaurant. Um, and it goes to the, the farming. He, he rents barn space at this chicken farm. And it basically just shows that all the steps uh, from you know, where the meat comes from to when it's served on the table. Yeah. And all and, and all these steps involved in making you think it's healthy mm-hmm. when it's not. <laughs> it is not healthy at all. And it is all the the ideas of free range, farm to table, farm fresh, organic, all the things like the FDA allows you to call it yeah. to think it's healthy. And he goes through them. It's like, okay, so farm fresh. We're on a farm check. Like you just can call it that. Uh, farm to table. Okay, we're good. And free range. He's on. He's like, I'm, 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 I'm lost on the, you know, how, how, what does it mean to be free range? And it was basically, the chickens have to have the option to go outside. They don't have to be outside, but they have to have the option to be able to go outside. He's like, well, how much room do they need? So they figured out it was, it was. They he made a little fence that was literally probably three feet in diameter and put it outside the door. And he now he has free range chickens. Mm-hmm. And the chickens are bred and 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 uh, they're breaded. Well, they are eventually <laughs> right there, farm to <laughs> table. <laughs> but they have been bred in such a way to get so fat so fast that they can barely walk, and they don't move much. Their feathers don't grow in because they molt so like they get so fat their feathers won't even stay on them. So like he was trying to get the chickens to go outside, and they're like. They don't want to go outside. They just want to sit there. So he like, come on, chicken, come on. And he like shoes it outside and it looks at the sun like, ah. So, <laughs> so are you saying we're a bunch of chickens? Yeah. What? This sounds where's, familiar. Where's your feathers? <laughs> <laughs> I, I molded them. So yeah, and then it goes into the the, the problems farmers have, uh, how these giant companies kind of dictate all the terms they make all the money and like how hard it is to make a living doing all this farming. But then it goes all the way up to opening this restaurant and he hires staff and, and creates the whole inside of the restaurant. And it's all like all the signage, all the bags, everything in the store is like, we painted this wall green to subconsciously remind you of farms and open spaces. And then like, you know, this is a, you know, it has a picture of a lovely, healthy chicken. It's like our chickens do not look like this. And it was like, it's basically like the most honest restaurant you've ever seen. And it's not and it, like how uh, we, we paint on char marks. So it doesn't look like our food's deep fried. You know, it's like all the tricks restaurants do to make you feel okay about eating this junk. And it was, it, but it was not mean spirited in a way. It was not a gotcha. It was not an attack, but it was just a, a clever kind of eye opening way to go about it. So I, I really enjoyed it. I said, hey, Morgan Spurlock. Has apparently made some mistakes in his life, but I think he makes good films. So uh, I I enjoyed the the Super Size Me too. Yeah, I had heard of that, but I, I never watched it. Sounds good. Hmm. Well, well, I came in too. Sorry. No, go ahead. I just I came in too late. I was going to interrupt earlier, but when you were on the little political thought, because we watched Irresistible not too long ago, and. That one where it's got uh it's directed by john stewart mm-hmm. and it's got uh, uh steve Carell. Yeah. right 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 yeah Rosberg. yeah but i mean it, it's right along those lines that you're talking with that documentary of 
how they spin the media like they yeah. pick this one little small town and and how they both both sides get involved with it and how they have the, their super packs and at the very end of the movie there's like a little interview that uh john stewart gives with um a, a, maybe a political advisor or something he's like and this is all like legal to do and they're like oh yeah so mm-hmm. it, it's it it's very it's it's well what am i trying to say here it's a good movie to watch while also teaching you a message right that's i was worried the commercials things made it almost like too much of a message. It, it, I was worried it wouldn't be a very good movie just because it was trying to explain. It didn't get very great reviews. This is the first good review I've heard. Maybe I'll watch. Oh, well, Christy bought bought a copy after we rented it and watched we'll it. Throw it on the reflection. <laughs> <laughs> it, I didn't feel like it was preachy at all. It it was an entertaining movie, and then at the very end, it gave like a little message saying, "Hey." The more you know. Okay. The more you grow. <laughs> no. I'm so shell shocked when his camera moves. I know. <laughs> All right, guys. Your eyes. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good Get stuff. the doll back out. Build your eyes. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, the movie biz at the moment, such as it is. We'll see what's what's coming down the pike as the fall continues into the Christmas holidays, the Christmas movie season. We'll see if that changes anything. So we will be back shortly. Michael, thank you once again for joining us. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I was I was just trying to think of something funny to say, like how. Don't think. You That's guys... your problem. You, you yeah. never yeah. used to think. It just came to you. The less thinking you do, the yes. sharper. That's the, the, more the genius comes out. The genius yeah. comes out. We want your whims. Yes. Well, I, I think you guys might just be stuck with me for a while, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you okay, talking to us then, or the audience? Then quit thanking him. <laughs> and just have, he needs to be part of the saying goodbye. Yeah. yeah. And stuff. So. Well, all right, then give us your, your old... Yeah, sign us out, man. I am the illustrious Michael K. Easton. As always, <laughs> thanks for joining us. My name is Jordan Love. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Goodbye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show kapow the pop culture podcast at gmail.com if you really want to go the extra mile please sign up to be a patron through the podbean app or our website www.udamwithkpp.com to receive special content and early access to some episodes we are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute but please know that most of our content will always remain free so please continue to like comment and share <laughs>